Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Strip Back the Pages. This week, I will share how I completed the NaNoWriMo challenge and a little bit more about my own writing journey. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Strip Back the Pages podcast. I'm NJ and I'm really looking forward to exploring the heart of storytelling with you. So why are stories so important? What do they do and what drives authors to write them in the first place? As we delve into the intricacies of this worldwide phenomenon, I will also share my personal experiences, the highs and lows of writing and publishing, my successes and failures. Join with me as I, as we, journey towards an unwritten future. So where do I start? I think firstly by thanking everyone who's given me such positive feedback about this show. So we've got JC, Debbie, Leighton, Donna, and a host of others, so thank you. Now, there's a young lady on Twitter who is doing the Nano Rimo Challenge this month, and I wish you all the best, along with all the rest of you who are doing it. Now, this young lady in question, we have messaged each other, and as I said, you are more than welcome on the show. Look forward to hearing how you did it, how you completed that 50,000-word challenge, or put another way, reached that 50,000-word summit. It's a huge accomplishment. And thanks, of course, to the organisers who make it happen, year in, year out. Well, I first came across NaNoWriMo, which stands for the National November Writing Month, through a YouTube video. And I was encouraged to do it by several friends, but most importantly, by my mentor. Now, let me tell you about Darren. So you can find Darren King on Wikipedia. He, his debut novel, Boxy and Star, made the shortlist for the Guardian First Book Award and was one of the 10 finalists for the Booker Prize in 1999. He then won the Nestle Children's Book Prize gold medal in the 6-8 to year old readers category for Mouse Noses on Toast in 2006. So, I had the privilege of working with an award-winning author. Darren has literally taught me everything I know, and I would not have completed a novel I'm so proud of without his input. You need somebody with you. You need, you need another professional. Like, I mean, all the top authors, they have their editors. And they do it so they can sift out, they can fine-tune their ideas, the plots. And this is exactly what uh, Darren did with me. So I went to him with a concept. Yes, he loved the concept. The first thing you have to have is a great concept. And then you've got to fine-tune it. So that's what we did. I gave Darren the main story ideas. We looked at it, and there were a few bits missing. So Darren made a few suggestions, very good suggestions I might add. I put them in, and that was draft two. And then you keep fine-tuning. So, I mean, one of, <laughs> one of, one of my big problems was, I mean, grammatically, I've, I've always been okay, but there's a big difference between being okay and being professional. And Darren taught me how to be professional. For example, and something we'll laugh about, and Darren, if you're listening to this, I know this will make you chuckle. But um, let's take a simple word like OK. Now, OK is, should be capital O, capital K. And I think for the first few weeks of working with him, he kept saying, look, it's capital O, capital K. But I, <laughs> I, just, I just kept missing it. Capital O, small K. Wrong. So back to Darren. He's recently released a new sci-fi trilogy called Space and Time under his pseudonym James Anders Banks. It's a must-read. I can't recommend it highly enough. Also, if you are a new author or you want additional training, 
go to jackandjames.consulting and you'll get all the help you need. I'll put the link in the show notes. Basically, everything creative evolves. And I'll demonstrate this musically a bit later, using my show theme as an example. I think it'll really make the point and helps explain how things evolve, how they're created. And you do exactly the same thing with stories. Now, as you can tell from what I said earlier, I compare the NaNoWriMo challenge as similar to climbing a mountain. Uh, Now, this is something I actually did, don't laugh, 20 years ago. And with a dear friend, I climbed Snowdon, which of course is the highest mountain in Wales. It stands 1,085 metres or 3,560 foot above sea level and is the highest point in the British Isles outside the Scottish Highlands. We took the most difficult route, i.e. Crib Goch, and all I can remember is standing on this narrow ridge, looking down at the sheer drop both sides and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? But you know something? I loved every minute of it. My friend Derek, he actually went on to climb Kilimanjaro and he made the summit. Nice one, bud. And of course, it's like writing. This is where the comparison comes from. To go for the big feet, you have to start smaller. So, of course, for something like Kilimanjaro, Snowden was the perfect choice. And then Eric climbed by Nevis and progressed up the bigger mountains. And it's precisely the same with marathon runners. They start small, run a few miles, then half marathons, and then ultimately the full marathon. And that's exactly what we need to do as writers. For us, of course, it's all about word count. And when writing, mine's typically 1,000 to 1,200 words a day. And, of course, for this challenge, that's not enough. You need to be writing well. If you divide the word count over 30 days... It's 1,667 words per day. As you'll hear, I didn't quite manage that, but I still made it. Here's how. So prior to the challenge, my personal word count record was 2,506, which I achieved on the 19th of October 2020. Now what I did was, so we've got 30 days in November. I divided it into three. So I wanted to target myself and log every 10 days. So here is the word count for the first 10. You'll find that some days vary slightly on the NaNoWriMo website because their days switch at midnight, whereas mine didn't. So, day one, 2,177. Day two, 830. Day three, 683. Day four, 2606. Day five, 1019. Day six, 2003. Day 7, 1647. Day 8, 1475. Day 9, 1128. Day 10, 574. That was a total of 14,142 words, which equaled 2,528 words short. So the challenge there was, could I catch up in the next 10? So, days 11 to 20. On day 1, or I guess I should say day 11, I went all out and nailed 3,630 words, putting me nicely back on track after being behind in part one. I followed that in style, not, (laughs) by dropping my word count back down to 920 for day two, or in total, day 12. Finally, by day 18, I abandoned the self-created roller coaster and forged ahead, 
finishing the second run of 10 days with a combined total of 33,395 words, putting me back on target. Now here's what I've found while doing the challenge, and I hope this helps anyone else who may be doing it or considering it next year. If you know where you're going, the writing is pretty easy, but without some kind of direction, it soon becomes a nightmare. Now, my methodology. There are two schools of thought regarding the way you work. One, have a good plot structure in place and then write, or alternatively, know roughly where you want to go and see where you end up. I seem to sit somewhere in the middle, and it's what I love about creative writing. What this has taught me is that how prepared you are affects word count, which will inevitably influence the end result. That is, you either reach the 50,000 word summit or go tumbling all the way back down to the bottom. Before NaNoWriMo, I'd work when I wanted to, and as I mentioned earlier, I'd happily produce 1,000 to 1,200 words a day, five days a week. So for the first three weeks of the challenge, I completed an average of 12,918 words. And from that, I reached this conclusion. That yes, I'll aim to maintain my 1,000 words a day as a minimum. But as my authoring muscle is being strengthened, I'll now be aiming for 10,000 words per week. Achieve that, and you complete an 80,000 word plus first draft in just over two months. So for any aspiring author out there who wants to do this challenge, this is how I've broken it down. Decide when you're working and stick to it like glue. If you want to cross that finish line, don't miss a single day. And don't forget, each session will become more important as you progress. So, one, get into the story by reading a page or two of what you've written previously. Two, check your initial plot notes and put fingers to keyboard or iPad, or for that matter, as I did for the first draft of my novel, iPhone. Three, revise plot when necessary checking that the story progression is in line with pre-established chapter content and length. My concern was that I might give too much away too soon. By taking the above steps, that was prevented. Believe me, writing a novel is a completely different ballgame to a novella or short story. It's a longer, more detailed piece of prose narrative when you've got to consider more subplots, etc. On average, when I was prepared, I wrote between five and 600 words every 45 minutes or so. When I wasn't, or had to do additional research on something, it was down to 40. So don't be fooled as I was into thinking you'll hit your word count target every time. You won't. Problem solving. Does anyone else find that when you get stuck on a particular problem, if you sleep on it, you then miraculously have the answer by the morning? I'm amazed at how often this happens, which is why I always think about the story last thing. The subconscious mind can be a wonderful ally. So... Here are my figures for days 11 to 20. Day 11, I wrote 3,630 words. Day 12, 920. Day 13, 2221. Day 14, 531. Day 15, 1392. Day 16, my daily record so far, 3,801. Day 17, 1530. Day 18, 2047. Day 19, 1286, and day 20, 1895. Total, 19,253, which meant I was in front. But could I maintain it? So, as I entered my final 10 days, I was buzzing, but struggled on day 21 following a big push the week before to stay on track. As the twists and turns of the plot were developing, 
I was finding it increasingly difficult to remain on course, but knew if I fell behind now, I could jeopardise the whole challenge. And that is so important. Just stay in front. Whatever you have to do, stay in front. After a lousy 351 words on day 21, I was in trouble, trailing by 1,254. Psychologically, I needed to get ahead as I kept playing catch-up. So on Sunday the 22nd of November, I went for it. Starting at midnight on the Saturday, apart from a few hours sleep, I worked through till midnight Sunday. It worked. Plus I now had a new personal best. 5,009 words in 24 hours. I was well chuffed. The most difficult period of the whole challenge was the last six days. I'd worked 24 days straight and really wanted a day off, but knew what would happen if I took it. The only thing you can do in this situation is to remain focused till the end. I'll be honest with you, the last three days were pure hell. And as Neil Gaiman wrote in a Nano Rimo motivational post, when that happens, you just force yourself to keep going, one word at a time, until you reach the winning line, or as I call it, the summit. So here are my word count figures for days 21 to 30. Day 21, 351. Day 22, 5009. Day 23, 894. Day 24, 1554. Day 25, 1660. Day 26, 923. Day 27, 2209. Day 28, 1599. Day 29, 1868. And day 30, 683. Total, 16,750. Was it enough? It was. I did it. I completed the challenge. I hit the summit with 50,145 words on my first attempt. I was really, really pleased. So, a summary for anyone interested in going for it next year is as follows. 1. Pace yourself. 2. Don't miss a single day. A few low word count sessions creates unwanted stress, which affects creativity. 3. If you're on a roll, keep going if you can. 4. If you go into attempt in NaNoWriMo, plan ahead. Write your synopsis, chapter by chapter. Yes, you may move from it as I have, but it's a good building block for your novel. Then, simply adapt it after. For those interested, the book I actually worked on for the challenge was the second in my sci-fi fantasy series which will be released next year. The whole challenge, as I said earlier, builds your writing muscles. When you hit that summit, the feelings, it's overwhelming. I was so pleased to have succeeded. And there's a very good chance I'll go for it again next year. Like everything, it'll all be down to time. I want to publish my first novel next year. And I've also got a series of novellas I'm working on based on two characters from the original story. Plus, of course, I'm running this podcast that I really hope is going to benefit so many of you. I'll be sharing a lot more over the coming months. So, as they say, watch this space. Now, earlier, I said that I'd demonstrate musically how I find that creativity works. It evolves. So let's take my Strip Back the Pages theme tune. I knew practically straight away the sort of feel I wanted for it, and the melody came really quickly. It's because I was inspired by the concept behind the show. So, it just happened. I then grabbed my phone and sang the ideas into it. And after that, I thought about the harmonies, chord structure, bass, 
and started thinking about the main arrangement. And again, I'd recommend to everyone, all writers, whether it's musical, story ideas, book ideas, character, plot, whatever it is, pick up your device and record it. It could be the most important idea you had, and you don't want to lose it. Before carrying on with the music theme, let's quickly look at why this is so important. Your whole composition or manuscript could stem out of a single concept, and you didn't write it down or record it. I made this mistake once. Never again, and I'm sharing it to hopefully encourage you not to make that same mistake. And here's why it's so important. Please don't lose that gem of an idea that could create your masterpiece. This is what happens when we write, and it's priceless. You have an idea, and you note it down. Another idea develops out of the first one, and then it starts to slowly grow, and it blooms and blossoms, like a seed, like a flower. As with everything creative, you start with the basic building blocks. Those are the ideas, and then you start building, bit by bit, just letting it evolve. A piece of art develops from the first brushstroke, resulting in some of the most beautiful paintings ever created by artists such as da Vinci, Michelangelo. Rembrandt, Van Gogh, and a host of others. So I believe the foundation of all creativity, in principle, is the same. Again, look at our world and how it's evolved. Or did it? Right, back to the theme tune. So, a day or two after I'd recorded the sung version of the ideas, I went into the studio, fired up the piano, and just started playing. Again, and all recording artists will know this, hit that record button. Record everything. Because you can guarantee if you don't, you can get that perfect take. But if you're not recording, it's the lesson I learnt very early on. What I'm going to do now is show you how this developed from the initial idea to the finished sig tune. And I must admit, I ended up getting carried away with it. It's turned into a piece of music in its own right. Now, I haven't got a name for it yet, other than the strip back the pages theme. So any ideas would uh, be very welcome. And yeah, this is it. So let's start with the basics. Now, I hope you like behind the scenes stuff. I absolutely adore it. So here it is. Here's the theme in its most basic form. I then needed a piano accompaniment. Here it is. Now, for the actual arrangement, I wanted to keep it simple. So I've literally added a bass line and some pads. And that's what appears in the trailer and main sig tune. Here they are. So what I've done here is I've used a powerful pulse engine called Signal by Output to create my bass and pads. Now I wanted to develop it. I wanted a more complete piece of music. You know, a lot of sig tunes become longer works. So what I needed next was a voice and an extended melody. I eventually chose a square sound. This is it with a basic accompaniment.
Okay, there's something missing. Can you spot what it is? Here it is again. I remember recording that main melody, and as soon as I heard it back, I thought, right, it needs something else. It's a bit like developing a character. So you've got their physical appearance, the age, perhaps a little bit about the relationships. Again, remember it's all about, when you develop characters, it's all about the detail, their character traits. What happened 10 years ago that changed them? What experiences shaped them into who they are today? Into who you're creating them to be? And that tune, for me, yep, I was happy with it. But as I was expanding and developing it, it needed more. It needed something else. And musically, it was this. A counter melody. I've changed the mix parameters so it's easier to distinguish. Here it is. Here it is again with the mix a bit closer to the final version. Notice the panning of the two instruments. I just sort of separate them a bit. Yes, I'm using a production technique, but I want to relate it because they're all interlinked. They are all interlinked. What I'm doing musically is the same as what we do when we create fiction. It's just a different medium. Music, words. As you re-listen to it, just imagine what some of your characters could be doing. Whether that's dancing, fooling around, doing cartwheels. We want to be building personality traits into each of our characters. And we do it by using our imagination. By thinking about people we know or have heard of. Especially the interesting ones. So, see what you come up with when you listen to this. Here it is. <laughs> So that was the foundation of my extended mix. Well, I called it my extended mix. You can't really cause it three minutes long an extended mix, but compared with the theme. Anyway, I gleefully rubbed my hands together and thought, what next? And it did, it needed finishing. There's a foundation. Again, I know I keep coming back to it. I'll tell you what's really made me think this is I haven't composed any music for, it's been a while. Instead of me focusing on the book, and now, obviously, I had a reason, I had a need to, for this show. So, when I sat down and started working on the music, I just found that the main principles of how we create are identical. It evolves. So next, percussion. But you've got to have some percussion in there somewhere, haven't you? You can hear that in the final mix that I'll play shortly. But first... As with all great stories, I needed a beginning. So, 
I thought the ideal thing to do was to have a nice gentle piano to open with. I had the middle and end, just needed that opening. So I thought, do I go solo piano or do a bit more with it? I'm going to play you both. Here you go. Now often less is more, but what about this? Do you see how that creates a different feel and mood? Well, shortly I'm going to play the whole track. But first, I just want to round up and offer this thought. You know when you get those first ideas for a novel or a central character, particularly one that's going to be your main protagonist for a series, spend time developing it. Most importantly, write everything down or record it into a dictaphone, whatever, but keep notes. Then trust your gut instinct. When you've found something that you think's potentially magical, you know what you've got to do. And then, of course, you hope that your public likes it. So I really want to encourage you in your writing. Whether it's fiction, yes, music, poetry, a screenplay, educational material. If you've got that creative urge inside you, harness it and use it. Let's encourage each other. Let's create. As I said, let's hope we can give the world something really special. And if something doesn't work out, find out why and learn from it. Learn from it. Don't repeat those mistakes. And then next time, maybe we get it right. So, I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you're doing NaNoWriMo, good luck. Watch those word counts. Just keep going. Um, I'd encourage you all, uh, look up Space and Time, James Anders Banks, and for those writers that need a bit of help, jackandjames.consulting. I'll put all the links in the show notes. If you'd like to contact me directly, it's stripbackthepages at gmail.com, or you'll find me on Twitter at stripbackpages. Here's the extended mix of the sick tune. Enjoy.
so I'll be finishing the show from now on with a variety of versions of this track. This one is the super extended version, complete with keyboard solo. I've actually got six different voicings of the solo going on throughout. So, until next time, thank you for listening. Signing off. Thank you.